I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice to have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand new tax strategy masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Hey, just before we get to the show, I wanted to take a quick minute to explain how you can get access to my online course. Since launching the Lifestyle Investor book and the podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to multiply my net worth to over eight figures in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. While the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step -step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor Course, a complete roadmap for anyone who wants to take a deeper dive into the world of lifestyle investing. If you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple to follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. When I quit my job years ago, a lot of people thought I was crazy for doing it. But why? Was it because I had checked off all the right boxes or because I was making good money and could make even more money if I had stayed? From the moment we're born, we're told how to look, how to feel, and who to be. We're taught how to do things a certain way and to follow a certain path. But if we're not careful, it can prevent us from living in alignment with our true values. For me, the goal was not to make more money. The goal was to buy my time back. So quitting my job was the right decision. But if I had listened to what everyone else had told me to do, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
This is an important lesson that leads me to today's discussion with my friend Cal Callahan. Cal is the owner of Unlearn Ventures, which is an investment fund and incubator for forward-thinking projects. He's also the host of The Great Unlearn, a podcast that empowers people to question everything they know about life. Whether it's spirituality, health, relationships, or fitness, Cal's superpower is to help others unpack and unlearn preconceived ideas and beliefs so that they can build a better, truer version of themselves. So, instead of discussing a specific asset class or investing strategies, today's episode is all about questioning our beliefs. Cal will challenge you to think differently, open your mind, find your joy, and approach life with insatiable curiosity, a valuable asset for anyone who wants to live a life on their terms, not someone else's. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Cal has some exclusive offers for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. First, he's giving away a special report titled Unlearned, Five Suggestions to Cut the BS, Unlock Your Best Self, and Find Your True Path. Inside, you'll find advice from legendary humans, including Lance Armstrong, Aubrey Marcus, J.P. Sears, Boyd Vardy, who candidly share advice on how they've overcome their learned programming to achieve great success. In addition to this free report, one of Cal's companies, Botanic Tonics, is giving a 50% discount on their plant-based feel-free wellness tonic. I've been drinking it for the past few weeks, and I'm loving how it optimizes my day. The drink uses ingredients like kava root and other ancient plants from the South Pacific and Southeast Asia regions, which have been used for centuries to improve overall wellness. If you want to experience a new way to feel good and feel free, this is a pretty amazing product. To get access to both of these offers, visit justindonald.com forward slash 33 for all the details. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Cal Callahan. Cal, uh, so excited to hang. I'm so glad that we get a chance to connect. And, uh, you know, it's been really a fun last number of weeks. We've gotten a chance to hang quite a bit here. And uh, I've really enjoyed uh, just the direction that our friendship has taken organically and how many people we know in common and just how random meeting up has been at, at different places, different functions, different events. So, so glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, and I, I agree. It's just kind of what's been happening. I think you and I can both speak to what's happening in Austin, that guys like you and I are just finding ourselves in these similar circles and drawn to one another and having conversations that are way deeper than the surface level kind of small talk conversations. Totally. And then as we start to learn more about each, each other, you know, I start to learn where your true genius comes from, which is a space that I've been in for you know, 25 years, but in such a different way. And so I'm so excited, you know, from the conversations we've had and we'll continue to have to really learn and, and, and hone my craft around investing. I love it. And, and it's so great that you're open and willing to learn new things because you have been very successful in your craft of investing. And I'm excited to dive into that on this episode. I think that there's so much that we can get into. And, you know, obviously on, on my show, I, I, I really love to focus and, and highlight people and what they do, what their strengths are, what their genius is. I love highlighting lifestyles and investing. And more than anything, I just want to get to the core and the essence of who people are and not be pigeonholed into who I can and can't interview because of the topic of the the podcast or the name of the podcast. And so I just, I have this desire to bring in anyone that I think is cool that the world should know. And you are so high on that list. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I put you down as someone that I uh, definitely wanted to have on my show. And then you reached out and said, hey, you want to, you know, connect? We, I'd love to have you on, on my show. So that was really fun. I was going to reach out to you anyway. Oh, I love it. And, and, and thank you. I, I received that. And um, I'm excited again to, to kind of share probably a different side of me than I, I normally get to share. And we talked about this earlier on my podcast, but I don't find many opportunities to talk about 
that kind of part of my life. You know, it may come up here and there, but um, yeah, I think in, in my close circles, there's a lot of conversations, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of curiosity around, well, how did you do, like you make your money being a podcast host, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. No, that's how you spend a lot of money. <laughs> yes. I'm still working on uh, yeah, getting that into the black, but I guess I'm not. It's like just fun, right? It's fun. Yeah. It, to me, it doesn't even matter. You know, I mean, it, hey, it'd be great for that to happen, but the goal is not profit. The goal is quality conversations with amazing human beings. And if it costs money to produce that, then it costs money to produce that. And that's a hobby and I love it. Yeah, and it really, it, it's it's such a great example of, being able to zoom out from the the dollars and cents and, you know, whatever I've been creating with my podcast and in my brand, I, I've spent a lot of money on it, but it's, it's investing in me and my learning in the conversations and the return on that. You can't, you can't quantify it. It's relationships like this that would have never happened if I didn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have 35 guys at my house, because no one would have known me to ask me to the first men's group that got this whole thing. Like none of this thing, none of this would have happened if I hadn't started the podcast, had it invested into that part of myself without worrying about the tangible return. That's right. Yeah. Some things, I think it's important that you get a return on your investment, but other things, there are ancillary benefits that far outweigh whatever the monetary return is. And I think that podcasting is one of them, especially when it is your passion, my passion to kind of share a message with the world and to bring other perspectives and point of views. And by the way, that's what I love about your show. In fact, I'd love for you to talk about it because it's about unlearning all these things that we've learned that may not be serving, may not be accurate. Can you share a little bit about kind of the genesis of your podcast? Yeah, thank you. And you know, the original name for it was Working In. And the reason for that was, is I had had this major shift in my life where I had gone from expending energy to conserving and replenishing my energy. And a lot of that was around these working in practices, whether it was meditation, cold water therapy, walks in nature, just slowing everything down. But it didn't, it didn't quite capture everything that I was learning. And the, the idea for the podcast was to take everything that I had been learning as a way to share these people and their ways of learning and their ways of unlearning and the way they questioned our very common belief systems. The name is The Great Unlearn, and it's really about being curious and, and having the courage, really, and a lot of times is having the courage to question everything, everything about the way you've lived, your whole belief system. Where did that come from? Was it yours or was it, was it thrust upon you? Were, you? were there agreements that you made that you didn't even know you were making them along the way? And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, mm, this is not me. Now what do I do? And as you start to strip that away... It can be terrifying because that's that's in in your mind that's your identity. This is what I've I've known my entire life, and you know I had an event. I was in Las Vegas for the mass shooting back in 2017 in October, and that was a moment that called all of my beliefs into question. And a lot of people don't have that that type of experience that shakes the foundation and allows like really cracks that egg open. And it's like, there's nothing else you can do except you can try to put the egg back in the shell and people do that. Or you can walk forward and say, okay, who am I without all of this? And that's kind of been the journey I've been on for probably the last three plus years is, is doing that. And the, and the podcast was the platform where I could give others permission to question all of it. Don't take my word for it. Listen to my experience. Listen to the people I bring on we're questioning it in a way that's safe, that's curious and is open-hearted. And when I started to, you know, orient my life around people like that, everything changed. That's so cool. And the reality is there's a lot we need to unlearn. And 
there's, you know, one of my friends, uh, Phoebe Morozik, she has a podcast called Unbecoming. And it's very similar in the fact that we've become these people. But but was that by our design or was that because of who we hung out with and the ideals that we grasped from someone else? And so there's a lot of similarities to me in just that whole message. And by the way, this rings true in so many areas. This is health and wellness. This is uh, education. This is certainly financial investing. I mean, it, it spans to most categories that you would consider. And so I love that you're doing this. I love that you're bringing awareness and just questioning what is. Are these beliefs yours or did you adopt them from your parents or did you adopt them from your peer group? Yeah, and, and, and what we're seeing today in our world, in everyone's world, everyone listening here in our world, if you don't have the courage to question what's going on, then you're going to live a life that, that, that you will be powerless to. And I think what we've found in this community in particular is people are beginning to question or have been questioning in a way that's really curious. They're not just pushing against whatever is happening. It's, it's not for the sake of conflict. It's like something doesn't feel right. So much of, of that intuition that we're born with has been armored up because we've been told to think a different way, to do a different thing from a very young age when you didn't want to go hug your uncle and your mom and dad made you hug your uncle because that was the right thing to do. And it's like, they creep me out, right? Whatever it is, like... How many times do parents, thinking they're doing the right thing, force their kids against their intuition, against their will to do things that they think is for the best? And, and I think those little things add up and we stop trusting our instincts. And, and for me, it's about, you know, kind of laying down that armor for people. It's like, what, what if we led with our intuition, our heart, what would be available to us? Yeah, and I think we need to check motives here too because a lot of the uh, groups, companies, uh, agencies, you know, governments, a lot of them, a lot of people think, oh, they're here for my benefit. They're making decisions that are best for me. But that's actually not the truth. They're making decisions that are best for them or for what they think is people as a whole or based on influence, control, power, etc. So I do think it's important to question. It doesn't mean that everything is wrong and everything that's said is inaccurate. But I do think that we need to put on our thinking caps a little bit here and make decisions based based on intuition, based on research, but not just taking someone's word for it. It's the same thing with investing. You know, I'm not going to invest in something just on someone's word. I'm going to do my own research and I'm going to figure out if that makes sense. I'm going to run it by a lot of people to get their opinion as well, to figure out where my blind spots might be. And I think we should do this in all things, not just investing or not just uh, certain compartments of our, of our lives where maybe we found some success. How can we get that to bleed into every compartment? Yeah. And I think in, in life in general, we're, we're, we're just taught to be right or wrong. And there's this so black and white and we don't, we don't come in with the, that curiosity and really that beginner's mind. It's like you feel a way that is counter to how I feel. Like, can I just be curious about where that came from and what your, what your experience is with it? If you're just spitting off information that you read somewhere else, I don't, honestly, I don't care. We're kind of done with the conversation. But if you have a direct experience with something, now I'm curious because now you can actually speak from what's happened in your own life, not from some way that maybe the the propaganda machine has gotten the best of you, right? right. It's happened to both of us. I know that, but it's like being open to not having to be right, you know, in, in being, you know, I guess for that sake, I guess you're not wrong either, but just being okay. Like, can I just be in the inquiry of this and hold enough space for it to all be there in us, for us to not really land on what is exactly the right answer? What's happened with the pandemic? I wouldn't want to be a leader in this. You're not going to get it right. You're not going to ha make everyone happy. It doesn't mean we shouldn't question the motives. As you said, what is driving certain people 
in power, what is driving their behavior? What are their special interests? Where's the money coming from? What is their liability? Oh, they have no liability? And they have huge upside on the profits? Oh, that's interesting. You know, a lot of people don't know this for certain companies, but I think what's happening now is is exposing that. And, and, and granted, a lot of people are keeping their head in the sand because it becomes this, this idea of cognitive dissonance. It's like there's no way all this can be true that those ones that are charged to take care of me aren't really taking care of me. They have other interests. They're humans. They're taking care of themselves and their organization and their beliefs about how things should be. Not what's right for the world, but with their own beliefs. They're, so they're, they're fallible. So we can question that without saying they're bad people. They just have had a different experience than us that's led them down this path. Doesn't mean we can't question them. Yeah. And I think that curiosity is the key to all of it. You mentioned it because that's where learning and growth happens. Because as a curious person, you're open to interpretation. You're open to different ideas. You're just open versus, uh, you know, being closed, being defensive. I, I just think that curiosity is one of the greatest, like places, states of mind, just ways to live life. And I think you do a great job of that. And just even in, you know, our interactions, you've always been curious about all different types of things. And and I love that about you. And, you know, when I reflect on just some of the fun things that we've done, I mean, you've been really curious about health in general. I mean, you are in incredible shape. Um, the boot camps that you are hosting at your house that I have the luxury and privilege of, of being able to participate in, they're epic. I mean, these are some good workouts with incredible men showing up here, 30 men at a time in many cases, uh, just through word of mouth. And, and it's just powerful. I'm curious how that came to be. That's such a great question. I'll, I'll see if I can land it for you. Like the, for, for so long, uh, I would say back in 08 is when I started training in CrossFit. I did that for a number of years. You know, CrossFit's very much community-based. And so for a couple of years, I was really into the community. And then I built my own gym in my garage. And I really got into chasing my own goals, my own personal records and, 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 and all that stuff. And I got super into what I was eating, sleeping, I was drinking little to none and was like on a really good path on some level, but it became so intense, my striving for these different goals, which let's be honest, I, you know, I'm 49, I was like 42, 43, I wasn't going to the Olympics, I was, it was all just, no one else cared. That's right. right. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue these things if no one else cares, but on some level it's like, dude, why are you doing this? And I would walk around um, unknowingly with this energy of just like always kind of like ready for battle. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started to have this awakening, when things happened in 2017, when I stopped training like I was and I was really taking care of my health and was working with somebody who goes deep into your cells to do the work, it's like you need to slow down on that intense training for a bit. So my orientation is like, all right, I'm done doing it. And so I stopped working out for probably the better part of a year. Wow. And I went from probably 200, 205 pounds to 170. And it, it was all muscle. Like I was very lean at 205 and I was very wow. lean at 170. I, I can't even imagine you with that, that much more muscle. I know. And it, it's, it was, it's actually when I look back, it's very cartoonish. I see pictures. And it's really funny. Um, but anyway, as I started to do my inner work, I started to soften on the outside too, right? I started to become open-minded. I started to allow in other opinions, other ideas, other ways of being. I started getting introduced to a lot of really interesting people here in Austin and, and through them, other people as well. And this, again, that's part of the reason I started the podcast. I'm having these amazing conversations. I'm meeting these amazing people. I don't want to hoard this information. I need to share this with people because it's important because it's changing my life and it may change yours too. So anyway, I'm just getting back into working out again, maybe a couple years ago, and I'm writing the Peloton. Now, you know, I have an amazing gym. You do. Right, right outside incredible. here. Incredible. And 
for about a year, I was just riding my Peloton in there. I could have been in my bathroom. I didn't need that gym for the Peloton. But I, something important happened for me during that point. I had this realization that if a year earlier or two years earlier, I had considered myself a quote unquote Peloton guy and that I would have been having a lot of fun doing it, I would have laughed at myself. But that's exactly what was happening. I was just having fun. I enjoyed it. Some of my buddies back in Chicago were doing it. So we do competitive stuff, but I just enjoyed it. And that started to reorient me around fitness. This can be fun. It's no longer about just me doing it by myself. I didn't love training by myself anymore. The Peloton's its own thing, but I didn't love going in, writing a workout up on the board in training for an hour, an hour and a half. I used to love that. I didn't love it anymore. And so I wouldn't do it. And Peyton, you know, my wife, made a comment to me this fall. And she said, have you thought about like working out again? I know how much you loved it. And it seemed innocent enough, right? It's like, I know how much you love doing it. And I was like, I'm just not called to it. I don't really want to. And then she, she followed it up with like, you, do, you look kind of fragile, Whoa. Yeah. Like the fuck I do. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know, really, I'm like, I feel so good right now. I feel just like everything just feels really good. Now, mind you, I weighed less than I do now. Okay. Um, So I could understand where it was coming from. Like, is this, is this your shit or is it mine? Like, are you wanting me with more muscles or what's going on there? But, but anyway, so maybe she planted the seed in the fall, but in, in November I was in part of a men's group. And some of the guys have been working out in someone's garage. And they're like, Cal, you got the bunker. Like, can, can we work out there on Wednesday? Can the guys come over? Like, yeah. And from that moment on, you know, I think there were six or seven guys on that Wednesday. It's been open every Wednesday since. And even when I go on vacation, the guys come over. You know, I have a couple guys who are leading, like Steph and Preston and Garen. They'll take care of the guys. But it's, it's, it's really about fun. Can we have fun with this? We can work hard. Or maybe you're having kind of an off day and you don't want to work that hard, but you're going to work together in a group of three. You're going to have a movement, an exercise that you're going to do for three minutes together. Maybe it's ball slam. So you're all ball slamming together. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Then we take a minute rest, then we move on to the next thing, right? And you know, it ends up being about an hour workout and you don't know who you're going to work out with. You're going to find some amazing people. And like we've talked about, you don't really know what anybody does and it doesn't matter. You're just there for one another. You're there to share the space, share the energy, share the love and have fun. It's awesome. And there are just so many high powered, successful guys, but it's not about that. People just show up, leave their ego to the side, whatever ego, many of them don't even have egos. It's just, it's wonderful. And people just show up and we hang out and it's a great way to meet people. It's great community. I leave and I, you know, every day I'm like, this was a killer workout. And I don't know that I would have had this good of a workout on my own, but also on top of it, I met some cool new guys and it was a blast. It was such a good time. It's it's so much more fun to exercise with people and to try to accomplish something or push yourself or you have someone that is able to do something better than you or you watch a technique and you're like, oh, wow, if I just tweak this thing like, you know, uh, Steph does or whoever, it's like, whoa, this is unbelievable. And a lot of these guys are in incredible shape, yourself being one of them. I mean, just unbelievable shape. And, but it's not intimidating, right? It's you not. walk in there, you don't know who the new guys are, the old guys. And one of the things I love, but I was, I was out to dinner. I was at a buddy's house last night for dinner. And I met a guy who, before he even told me, he eventually told me, he's like, I've been really looking for my guys here, like my crew. He's been here for a little while. And before he'd even said that, I said, dude, we do this thing on Wednesdays and you should come. It's just such an easy way to invite someone, drop them into what is being created out there by all of us. And they get like, because it's hard. It's like, hey, yeah, come, we'll go do dinner. We'll go do this. And that, that it becomes hard when you have a family and you have That's other right. things going on. But it's like, come over Wednesday and I don't even need to do anything. We're all doing it together. And you're just going to see, you're going to meet people. And you're going to come back next next Wednesday and the next Wednesday. And all of a sudden it just becomes this thing that has a, really has a life of its own. 
Totally. And it's no pressure. And it's, I mean, sometimes it's hard. Like you want to do dinner, you got to coordinate with, you know, your wife's schedule and your schedule and their schedule. And it just becomes a whole thing. Whereas, you know, here you can just show up. And by the way, I love it so much. I was sharing this with you, you know, before we started recording, (laughs) I got a bunch of travel coming up. I'm coming back in town for this event the next two weeks, even though I, I, I'm gone, I'm traveling. So uh, that's how much I love it. And I'm just piling in other stuff, you know, on those Wednesdays. You know, one other thing that I'll say is your home is incredible. It's one of the nicest homes from like the standpoint of entertaining. And you, by the way, you and Peyton are both great entertainers, great hosts. Um, but your home is just so magnetic. Uh, there's just such good energy and it's really fun. Like the parties you guys throw and just the things that you do here, you do such a good job of bringing people in and serving them and creating a fun environment. So I want to pay you that compliment, mm, but thank you. also, you know, I, I think that your home is an important investment and I wouldn't look at it as an investment from the standpoint of what's the return you're going to make, but I'm, I would look at it from the standpoint of, uh, how does it serve you and how does it make you feel? How do you show up? And as long as it's not something that, you know, basically is, is putting you in uh, a poor place financially or, or, you know, maybe too much of a reach, I think it can be incredible to, you know, have this dream home as you guys have built. Yeah. And I think the important, thank you for that compliment. Um, I think the important thing to remember and it's something that I've experienced, we've been in this home for four years. In the beginning, it didn't quite have that energy. And, you know, I, I can't really speak to what it was that shifted everything, except that maybe it was my own inner work and Peyton's work and, and starting to understand that we can have this beautiful home. And if it doesn't have the right love and energy, then it's not going to be what we want it to be. It doesn't mean it has to be, you know, we have a nice house. It doesn't have to be this, you know, but what, what are you creating and one of the things I love to do is bring people together. It's clear on Wednesdays, but also in you know some of the the events we've had here. I love to to use our home as a place for for people to gather and to share ideas and to just be in this loving energy together. And it's not and you know you've been here. It's not like a woo woo loving energy, but I mean I guess it could get like that. But but generally it's who are we inviting in? What are the types of events we're trying to hold here? And, and being super intentional about all of that. And, and as we become more clear on who we want to spend our time with, those are just the people that come here. And they bring their friends. And it's almost like this, um, you just put it out there, you know, the whole you build it, they'll come. It, you just start putting out that energy and I remember waking up one day in, you know, December, we had this big party. I'm like, a bunch of people that I hadn't known a couple months earlier that are just amazing, amazing people. Um, guys like, you know, Mickey Willis and Del Bigtree and guys that I'd seen on podcasts. And now all of a sudden, these guys were my brothers in, in short order because we were doing it the right way. We were just opening our home and our hearts and like, hey, whoever's whoever's in you know, you're welcome. That's awesome. Well, you can feel it. And I I share in many of the same, uh, you know, I guess, uh, desires and excitement of hosting and bringing people together. I just love good quality, stimulating conversation with, you know, people that you could just talk for hours with. And so uh, you guys do a great job, obviously, with that. And uh, I think that what you've built here is just so incredibly special. So I'm curious, how did you get to the place? You said earlier you're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. And um, we were living there at the same time. Didn't know it. Didn't know each other back then. And you used to be a trader. And you did very well in that profession. Obviously, there are ups and downs. And there are things that you've learned and mistakes that you've made that you know added up to you being a smarter, better trader. But I'd love to hear some of your past that helped you get to where you are today because you're living an incredible life. I would say uh, that most people would look at your life and say, you have the dream life. And that didn't happen on accident. There's intentionality and things that you've done along the way that have helped build this stellar life that you have. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would say one of the biggest lessons I learned as a trader 
and really have carried on through my life is when something bad happens, if you lose money on a, if you lose a lot of money on a trade, you have to move on. You need to learn your lesson from that, but you can't dwell on it. Really easier said than done. But as a trader, you won't last long if you, you know, it's like a relief pitcher. Like if you can't forget about the last blown save you have, you're not, you're not going to be closing very long. And so it's like really having that short memory about what just happened, keeping the lessons, but moving forward. And, and I didn't, didn't always do that. Right. I mean, there's stuff that I would wear, uh, as a trader, um, and certainly in life, but as I've just really tried to stay like, it's about like when you can stay present and not worry about things that you've done wrong or you felt that you've done wrong or you're striving to get to the next thing. And what in all that striving is we're just missing out on what's happening right now. And, you know, with the striving is generally this idea that right now I'm not enough. This, what I have right now, there's, there's not a sense of contentment. Things aren't okay. And I think if people really check in with that, they really just quiet their mind they sit with it and they look around and like in this moment, like I'm actually pretty good. Doesn't mean I, I don't want to achieve more things, but I think we spend an enormous amount of time in that space of projecting the future and trying to reach these, I don't know if they're goals or what they are for people, but it, it just, it just takes us out of the, the beauty of like what's happening in this very moment. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. And when I think about some of the best decisions I've ever made, it's because I've been present. I haven't been focused on the future. I haven't been focused on the past, but it's really, you know, getting clear today on what today looks like and the steps you can take today to have the tomorrow that you want, but it all stems from today. So you just got back from a trip to Cabo. And uh, we were chatting because it's one of the places that uh, you've been going for years. Same with me. It's one of my, I mean, it is my favorite place in Mexico. It's one of my favorite places that we frequent. And I just got back from a trip uh, a few weeks ago with a bunch of buddies. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to know. I mean, you live life. There's no doubt about it. You've, you, you are life first. And I have so many other questions I want to ask about that because I know you're very intentional but what are your thoughts around this building this ideal lifestyle? Because you have it, you've, you've done it. And I'm curious what it takes from your standpoint. Well, we, we have to understand that we have choices. And again, a lot of what I learned through my own work and through, you know, having these conversations on my podcast is you don't need to do it the way everybody else did it or told you how it's supposed to be done. And, um, I've really lived my life that way. I wouldn't even necessarily say it was intentionally. It's just how I was wired or it's just what felt right to me. Like, I don't fucking care what anybody else thinks. Like, I'm going to go do this. I'll take this risk because it feels right. And like, I'll see what happens. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my online course. As a listener, you probably know my story. In under two years, I had multiplied my net worth to over eight figures and my investments were generating enough passive income for my wife and me to quit our jobs. Since launching the Lifestyle Investor book and podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to accomplish this in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. My methods are unconventional, but I've always wanted to share my strategies and help as many people as possible accomplish financial freedom. And while the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step -step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor Course, a roadmap for anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of lifestyle investing. Anyone can use my system, no matter what level they're at in their investing career. So if you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple to follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Now, let's get back to the show. 
And sometimes it's like it happened with some drugs. I was like, oh, you know, maybe that's a little too risky. But it also happened with my job in trading. And it was like, guys don't leave trading at 41 as a partner living in a great city like Chicago. Da, 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 da. It's like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't love it anymore. And I don't want to live in Chicago anymore. I want to go someplace warm. I want to go someplace. I want to try something new. I want to do something different. And I think it's just questioning where are your beliefs coming from? And can you orient your life around joy? And what brings you joy? Can you get clear on that? Don't feel like you need to get clear on it in a day. Just start to pay attention. Start to pay attention to the things that don't bring you joy. Do less of those if you can. If you can't, figure out a way that you can. There's always a way around these things. And the more you fill your life with things that bring you joy and remove the things that you know, are really constricting to you, then you start to, it just, everything just starts to flow and you just know your yes and you know your no and you start to have your boundaries. And for me, that's been like a big part of my learning over the last couple of years is like everything can, can be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you live that, you know, you exude that. So I think that that's great. You can tell that you're you're very present and that's just who you are. I think it's important to recognize, though, you are in a position where you are making incredible income. You would have continued to make incredible income had you stayed there, but you had clarity on what you wanted. And it reminds me of when I left an opportunity where I had um, built a, a business underneath the umbrella of another uh, organization. And I remember people saying, hey, you know, why would you leave such a great income? Like, you're crazy. You have, you know, more lifestyle, more flexibility than than anyone else that's, that's doing uh, this role. And why, why would you leave it? Like, I get that you have enough passive income that you don't need it, but you could double up on what you're making. And it's so funny to me because it's so hard sometimes to get through to people because the goal was not and is not to make more money. The goal was to buy my time back. The goal was to live this life that I had envisioned, which I had enough money for it. I didn't need more money. And so I love that you can make that choice because it's not an easy one. It's when all of your friends are telling you you're crazy. And when it's the thing that you know, and for how long you've been doing it, I mean, one of the only things that you knew professionally. Absolutely. It's, that's a hard change because you're stepping out into uncertainty, you don't know what's next. You don't know how much you're going to make or was this a fluke or are you ever going to see that type of income again or have that type of position or have that type of, uh, let, let's even call it assumed, assumed authority. So you're taking a step into the unknown and you did it. You did it knowing that all this may not continue. And I'd love to kind of hear more of your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah. And I, just to be clear, I, I was actually in a weird kind of period of trading where our firm was not making a lot of money. So there was, there was that added sense of like, I don't even know why I have all my money at risk. Cause I don't, I don't feel, I don't see it anymore. I'm looking at this investment, like this is a bad investment. So I really kind of had a different lens on it. I had all this money at risk and I have friends, so this is eight years ago, I have friends who are still trading. And to be fair, I was in a much better financial situation. I was a partner, but they're still there. And so, so my question is, yeah, like you can stay, you can, in your case, you can double up, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. At what cost? And I don't think many people are given the tools to look at their time and understand that it is, that is that one resource. And I was spending all my time learning about fitness and coaching and I was going to become a coach and that doesn't pay very well. You know, <laughs> at least in, in my opinion, where I, what I had seen, I'm like, I can make decent money. I'll never ever come close to the money I was making as a trader, but I was okay with that. I wanted to connect with people in a different way. I wanted to get away from this thing that was just not serving me anymore and move towards the things that were lighting me up. That was really alive for me that I was spending all my free time learning about and having experiences with. And so I, I think it's just 
yeah, like tuning in is in, in going against the norm and not caring what anybody thinks. This is your life. You care what your partner thinks, sure, but this is your life. And I don't think people give themselves enough credit to take, you know, take on that responsibility. They think they need to act in ways that everybody else will find acceptable. Meanwhile, they're just making, A, they're making assumptions about how everybody will feel. They don't really know. And then if these people are voicing their opinions, I don't really care. That's not the feedback I need. I'll ask for feedback on an investment, (laughs) but this is my life. And I know that this time for me to move on and to find out whatever else is out there, because there's so much out there. In 18 years as a trader, I didn't know what else I could do except maybe coach people in fitness because I was really into it and I had done some some stuff around it. But beyond that, I had no idea. I didn't care. I'm like, I just need something new. Yeah, I love it. You said, uh, and I think this is so powerful, that it didn't serve you anymore. And I think it's great to have that recognition because there are certain stages in your life where things serve you really well. And you should keep doing them while they're serving you. But if you're truly in touch with who you are and what you want, you'll recognize when things aren't serving you and you'll make the choice, even though it may be a tough choice. It may be moving away from relationships that you value or the thing that you know really well, but that's where great change happens. You know, it's, you you learn and you grow as you get uncomfortable. And when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when some of the best education comes to play. And I think that you are really blessed in the fact that you had a fantastic mentor that really taught you the business and took you under his wing as a trader, but he didn't do it like everyone else. You know, most people would grind 80, 90, 100 hours a week. And we know some of the other, I, I mean, I read a book uh, that kind of highlighted all of the life of a trader, a lot of traders. Yeah. Um, and it's just incredible. I mean, some of the stories are just, you wonder like, how can this really happen? But I'm thinking in your case, what a gift to have someone that actually said family first so that you could pour into your wife, pour into your kids and make decisions that were best for your family, not just financially, not just, you know, from a a standpoint of moving up the ladder. I think that's incredible. Yeah. And it really, I, I didn't maybe know how odd that was to find someone in that industry that was like that, you know, my, my partner, Will Hobart, who had hired me was a very much a family first guy. And, uh, in that business, it's rare. Uh, I don't know many others in the business, but we all grew up in that way. You know, it came coming in, in our early twenties. That's all we knew. We didn't always get it right. I wasn't always a, a great husband and a great dad, but, but there was some tension around it for me underlying tension that I know Will's doing it differently. Okay. So what's going on here with me? And that's just my own shit to work out. Right. But it's Mm -hmm. to have that, that kind of North star there to show you like, this is, this is what it means to put your partner first or to love your partner or to be there for your kids and to be at this recital and to be at this game and to do all those things that was, was really encouraged and, and really in some ways it's kind of demanded upon us, you know? So it was a real, a real kind of rarity to find that in the business. And, uh, yes, so grateful. Could, I mean, who knows if I had gotten hired by someone else who had a completely different way of being like how that would end up for me. Right. It's like your podcast. You may not have recognized for a long period of time what you need to unlearn from the role and the mentorship that going down a path that you weren't in alignment with uh, would create. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, And it's just like, even though I didn't quite embody the concepts, you know, that, that Will was sharing with all of us, as I started to figure it out, I had those lessons, I had those reps that's like, oh, this is the right way to do it. You know, so even though there weren't maybe a lot of other areas of my life that were, were showing me that growing up, you know, he was certainly a beacon for, for that for me. Yeah. And you had mentioned uh, before we were hanging out, we, you, you hosted an incredible get together here with a bunch of amazing people. And you are sharing that 
even when you moved here, it wasn't as picturesque as it looks today that um, you there were some challenges with the home and uh, what ended up happening, just where you lived and having to move. And uh, it, it looks so nice from the outside. But sometimes people don't know the struggle that it takes to get to the point where it looks really nice. Yes. What do they say? Like the overnight success that took 10 years. Right. And it's, it's amazing to offer, you know, to be able to kind of host and offer this space for people. But it wasn't, wasn't pretty. And like building this house, we went through, there was a lot of tension. There was a builder who, you know, who wasn't doing his job as so a way to find a new builder. And then unfortunately that builder passed away and it, we, there was just a lot of complications just from the building of the house. And then once we moved in, I would say that Peyton and I weren't necessarily in a great position together and that had its own challenges. And, and here I am thinking we're finally in this house after three and a half years of renting. And the first year we rented a, a nice place that cost a lot of money. And I said, I don't know how much longer we're going to be in a rental. I ain't paying that again. So find us something. And I may have even said, like, find us like the cheapest thing you can find. And I think she took me at my word. And we found something that was less than half the price. And when we moved out two and a half years later, they tore it down. <laughs> it's all like, finally. So I was living in a, I went from a teardown to this beautiful home. And I'm like, okay, great. We're here. We're good. And we weren't good. And I was looking around at the house like it wasn't exactly like I thought it was going to be. It wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. And I had to start to let go of what I thought perfection was. And I started to understand all the, the tension I was feeling with the house not being perfect. All the little things that weren't quite right. They were just, they were, they were causing me distress and it, I wasn't going to do anything about it. You know, I, I wasn't going to, if something was really wrong, I would have the builder come and fix it. But it was just like this general sense that I had this, this, this ideal version. And here I am, I spent all this money in this house and I'm not happy with it in our relationship. And it was all this stuff like came together. And then, you know, October, 2017 hit and, that changed everything for me. I did my first plant medicine ceremony not long after that. And it was the first time I had deep gratitude for this house, for everything that it, you know, it provided for me. And, um, that was the moment that, that shifted for me. And I would say it hasn't necessarily been smooth sailing since that day. My wife and I have gone through, through our challenges. Um, but we're in a great place today, and and as you can feel when you walk in this home, yeah, and we're, we're we love that, and we'd love to to be, you know, to kind of show up in the community that way. Yeah, well, a relationship with a partner, spouse that that is it, it's ever changing. It's it's a work of art, but it's it's a constant work, and people that just let it happen, we'll soon realize that things don't function as well as they do when you're really intentional and put energy into creating a space where you're loving your spouse with, in the way that they receive love best. And, and often that it involves being intentional because usually it's not in the way that you receive love. So there are a lot of uh, things that I find myself doing with my wife where I'm like, I don't receive love this way, but I need to give love this way, even though it's not my nature. And even though it's, you know, not even always comfortable, but I know that she's going to feel that and receive that. Uh, and you know, it, it's interesting. You talked about perfection, the house, the relationship, the whatever. And I feel like as achievers, it's really hard to not go after perfection, even though perfection is 
the most elusive thing in the world. Like it doesn't exist. And so we noticed, and by the way, my wife and I, this is something that we talk about all the time. And we feel like we embody that. Like there are things in our past that, that move us towards wanting to be perfect, wanting to be the perfect parent, wanting to be the perfect spouse, wanting to be the perfect investor, businessman, whatever it is. And we saw that showing up in our daughter and we're like, whoa, this doesn't work. And so we have <laughs> adopted this saying that it's about progress, not perfection. And so that's what we say all the time. And it's, and by the way, we share it with our daughter. It's more for us than for her. And, yeah. you know, hopefully she learns along the way, but that's it. It's just about progress because you can feel great about progress, but there is no end. The The perfection end doesn't exist. It's, it is, you know, it, it's elusive. It's, uh, it's a mirage. It's like, it's not there. Well, I think that's the important point is there, there, there feels like there's then this end point, which is the perfection. And, and I think in my work over the last few years of this inner work, I've just had this knowing like, yeah, there's no end to this. It's just being on the journey. I'm not trying to become this thing that I can say, there, I did it. I'm working through different things that help me become, you know, kind of more conscious of like what's going on and to grow. But I finally let go that there's any like way that I'm going to perfect meditation or, you know, being in the cold water, whatever it is, I just, I let go of it. And I just try to be in that experience to try to be in the journey, in the process of it versus, you know, aiming for, I've got to be the best at this. I got to, I've got to nail this. I've got to, I've got to get this right. And I think that, you know, and I don't know if that I necessarily had this perfection piece, but it's like, I, I've got to get this right. And I think with inner work is what has taught me is that there's, there's no like kind of getting it right. It's just like being in it. Yeah, You're going to learn what you need to learn by just being in it, being active, being present in the process, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Who you become along the way on the journey, each step of the way. I, I think that that's, you know, an incredible way to look at it. And, and if you look at life that way, my job isn't to be the resident expert. My job is to just get a little bit better each day. That's a whole different place than the ego that can take form because you think you're the best at something. I'd rather not be the best at anything ever and always be this student eager to learn and feel like I don't know, you know, so much about the world and so much about different areas. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about this before. I love going to conferences where I don't know anything. I like being the most novice person in the room because that is a fun place. It keeps me curious. It also helps me to relate to people that don't, you know, maybe they don't understand how to invest or maybe they don't understand how to uh, get into shape or how to strengthen their relationship with their spouse. And instead of, you know, being a position where you would ever want to roll your eyes, you're in a service position. Let me, you know, let, let's uh, lock arms and do this one step at a time. Yeah, I, lo- I, I do love that. And it's, it comes back to that, that kind of beginner's mind. And okay, we're just not, we're not taught, we're not taught in school to be curious. We just aren't. It's like, hey, remember these answers, memorize them real good. And you can do, we're gonna do great on the test. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, I would say over the last year that I've really tried to show up for my kids in a different way to, to, to just like let go of, all these ideas about what I thought, how they were supposed to grow up and what, who are they? What are they interested in? And the more I've anchored into that, the the better this relation, the, the relationship I have with my kids, each of them kind of individually, it just kind of blows my mind because I've just created space for them to be who they are. Yeah. And without judgment, but just with curiosity. And when I don't understand something and maybe it's a little scary, I ask them. And if I don't ask them, or if I ask them in a way that feels judgmental, or if they say something and I get triggered, they're not going to trust me. That's right. If I can't hold that for them, they're going to go to someone who can. That's right. And it's probably going to be someone not of my choosing. <laughs> That's exactly right. You right. want to be the first stop and, uh, yeah. and create that, that space. I've also found like in, you're talking about, you know, we've talked a lot about curiosity today. I actually am going to take it one step further and say, I think a lot of kids get 
punished for being curious, right? It's like, I got a question about this. No, we're not, you know, this is not what we're talking about. We're on this subject, you know? And, and I have memories of that. And I'm just thankful that uh, I never let that kind of dissuade my curiosity, but it's true. Kids are so curious about everything. And then somehow as we grow up, we become, we lose all, all that curiosity. Like we become these adults that either think we know everything or don't have a desire to know more, you know, kind of stuck in our lane versus being curious even today about the things that you want to learn. Part of the reason I wanted to take a year off in 2018 is because I wanted to figure out where I wanted to be curious. I just wanted to let my mind roam and, you know, just figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And, and I, I feel like that was one of the most healing years of my life that served me incredibly well. It served my family incredibly well. And we got a chance to travel all over the world that year. Uh, and it was a blast, you know, we ended up going to like 12 or 13 different countries and just had a great time, but it was out of the space of wanting to figure out the next step, but not feeling like I have to. Yes. That's yeah. That that's it. And it, and again, it's it's all, it's all learned. You know, this is the stuff that as kids, as you mentioned, yes, they're by and large punished for the curiosity. Too many questions, enough. You know, you're being a nuisance, so it's not welcomed. And then we get into the real world, and we're rewarded for having information, not for having. I wouldn't say not for, you know, innovation ideas certainly have their place, but, but generally known things and just those seem to reward financially. And those are the things that people are drawn to. That's what I was drawn to. I trading is like, I get plus two equals four and I can, you know, do a little bit with that. So I, I think we're, our whole society, unfortunately, is, is steeped in that culture and it's in what we're finding, right, as we get older is, oh, actually, there's a lot in there to be curious, to let go of the having to be right and wrong. And, wow, I'm actually learning. Because once I think I know something, I'm done learning. I've just, yeah. right, I don't have energy for Shut it. Shut off. But if I'm open to it, I might learn one little thing about something that could really serve me well. And then I'm also opened up to what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, what your experiences are, um, which now we have a different connection. That's right. But if I have, I come in with all my ideas and my beliefs and what do I have to do with those? I got to defend them. I could be nice about it, but I, you know, if you start stepping on them, I'm going to start defending them. And then all of a sudden we're not having a conversation anymore. We're having a, you know, a little bit of a battle of words here. And I think, again, the best thing we can do is continue to have these conversations, continue to question things that maybe aren't always questioned and to show up for our kids in a way that allows them to be just super curious. And no matter how fucking weird or wild or just doesn't make sense, just to allow for it. Because again, if, if we respond in a way, even if our words say something, but, but they're going to read our energy. Yeah. And so just, just be mindful that we, they're relying on us. And if it's not us, they're going to find somewhere to feel safe. That's right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> such true words and we want the default to be with us. And yeah. by the way, anyone that is important in our world, we want to have that influence. We want this to be the first place that they go. We want our home to be the place that they want to hang out. We want, uh, you know, for us to be the advice that they seek. And uh, I just think that that's powerful and staying curious is going to do it. Uh, you know, I, uh, one of the things that you've mentioned fun and, uh, and, and joy. And, you know, when I think about you, so I think about the world and kind of, and people and where they fit into these different categories. And I, I haven't talked about this on my podcast, but I kind of look at people in, in three different categories, <laughs> nice. right? Uh, fun makers, fun havers and fun blockers. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, if you really pay attention, I feel like people wow. kind of show up that way. And I'm always like kind of uh, assessing where I want to spend time. And I love spending time with fun makers. Yeah. And I love spending time with fun havers too. And yeah. then fun blockers tend to really kind of be 
a parasite to my energy, but I also feel like I, I, you know, it, I need to be the person that can show up to try to help shift their energy. Um, but you have been a true fun maker in mm-hmm. my life and uh, it, it's been great. And I just, I love being in your ecosystem of amazing people. And I'm so thankful that we've gotten a chance to connect. Uh, I'd love for you to share where our listeners can find you online. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, um, I've really enjoyed the the past couple of months that we've gotten to get to know each other. And, and I think I shared with this, this with you before, but my wife absolutely adores you. She's oh, just like, so kind. He's just his energy. And she's like super tuned into energy. She's like, his energy is so sweet and loving and ugh, just love him. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Thank you. For she doesn't really that. remember a lot of my friend's names, but she always remembers you. <laughs> oh, it's nice. Yeah, so, she's awesome. Yeah, you, thank you've you. done so well. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I've tried to mess it up a few times. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm on Instagram, Cal uh, Not super active on there. Definitely tune in if you want to see what we're doing on Wednesdays. We'll uh, we'll post about that. But really, just the podcast, the Great Unlearn. That's um, awesome. You'll find it on Apple and Spotify and wherever else. So thank you. That's great. And thank you for opening up your home. This is fun. I rarely get a chance to record episodes in another friend's uh, studio. Your studio is incredible. I love just everything about it. It's inspiring. It's comfortable. It's cool. And I can see how you have so many deep and wonderful, intimate conversations in here. And it's funny because this is the place that we always tend to eventually hang out at some point, right? It's, It's the, we've dubbed it Boyd. My friend Boyd dubbed it the unlearned layer. Oh, that's catchy. It doesn't it just feel like a layer in here. That's right? so just, cool. It's got a vibe. So oh, I love it. Well, I'd love to leave my audience with the what I think is the most important thing that they can do. Uh, so for those of you listening, for those of you watching, be sure to take one step towards action today, moving in the direction of financial freedom and building a life by design, not by default. And uh, I just challenge you, whatever that step is, take one step. It can be a small step. It can be literally a conversation with someone. It can be reaching out to someone via email. It can be connecting in some way, shape, or form and getting out of your comfort zone. I think anytime you get out of your comfort zone, um, you're making a step towards progress and towards growth. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows, maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.